If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. The A to Z of Disease Podcast. Welcome to the A to Z of Disease Podcast with me, Rose Mokonyo. Today, I will begin a new series of podcasts discussing common diseases that affect children, especially during the cold season. With me on this first episode is Dr. Penina Musioka, a pediatrician in Machakos, who will take us through this episode. Welcome, Dr. Ali. Thank you for having me. It's good to discuss this because these are conditions which affect our children. Maybe we can begin by naming some of the common diseases that affect children. The most common conditions we see in children, especially in this weather, we start with the common colds. They are very common. Again, some of them will develop pneumonias, being bacterial, others viral. Some will get, uh, the ones who are asthmatic, they will more likely to get the more acute exacerbations of the same. Then also diarrhea are also very common. So most of them will come with diarrhea and vomiting. And uh, just to mention that also we have the younger ones, the neonates, who also can come with infections, conversions, and uh, meningitis as well. So let's begin by talking about common cold. What causes common cold? Is it a bacterial? Is it viral? Common cold is usually mostly caused by viruses. So it is viral in origin. And there are very many viruses which can cause the common cold. Basically, when we are saying common cold, we are saying you're having an inflammation from your nose to your throat. It's usually a hyper respiratory tract infection. So all the way to your throat and uh, let's say up to the trachea. Whenever it goes below the trachea, then we are getting the lower respiratory tract infection, which we call them pneumonias. So when you are saying you have common cold, the viruses are many. They are so diverse. We can have rhinoviruses, respiratory sensitive viruses, coxsackie viruses. There are very many different types of viruses which can give you a common cold. When you talk about various types of viruses that cause this common cold, are the symptoms the same for all the viruses or are they, will each virus bring a different symptom? Uh, the symptoms are basically the same. The only way you can be able to tell which viruses you have is when you take a, a test. Most likely they usually go swab the nasal mucosa and go to the lab and do what we call a PCR and be able to know which virus you are dealing with. Most of the time it is not done unless it's a very severe infection and you really want to know which virus you are dealing with exactly. What about the symptoms now? Most of the patients, they will present with a, a fever. It's most likely can be a low-grade fever, but it can also be a very high fever, ranging around 38, some getting up to 39. They will come with cough, mostly usually a dry cough, they will also develop a sneezing, nasal discharge, and uh, most children at that time, they will not be able to feed properly. And you'll realize they are fussy, they are crying, they are irritable, they are not themselves, they are not playing the way they usually play. And they usually have pains. The ones who are big enough, like from three years, when they can vocalize, they'll say, I'm having pain on my limbs, I'm having pain here. Uh, the throat maybe is itchy or I'm having pain on the throat as well. But the ones who cannot talk, the small ones, you just realize they are not sleeping more, they are fussy, they are not eating. And then, of course, you'll see the cough, the sneezing, the nasal discharge, then you will know eh, they are unwell. Are these symptoms the same for all ages? 
let's say, from between uh, 0 to 12 years? Or do we have some symptoms that are different for uh, approximately, let's say, from 0 to 5 or uh, 6 to 12 years old? The symptoms are basically the same. The difference is the one can be able to say how they are feeling, the other one cannot verbalize. Mm. So when you're having from 0, let's say, to around 3 years, you rely on observing what you will see. So you will see a baby who is coughing, who is sneezing, who has nasal discharge, who is not eating, crying, fussy, and all that. But now the bigger one, apart from having all that, now they'll be able to tell you, my head is paining, because now they can say that I have a headache. They will say my lips are paining because they can tell where they have joint pains and all that. But that is the only difference. But basically, they are the same. At what point will the parents now know that this is the time I need to go to the hospital? Because sometimes we say it's just a common cold, it will clear. When you realize that your baby is not able to feed, that is actually not a good sign. It tells you this infection is more severe than I expected. Because a baby who is not feeding, sugars can very easily go down and get hypoglycemia. And hypoglycemia can kill. So that is a time to go to the hospital. If you have a baby who is breathing fast, and breathing fast I mean you open the chest and you look at it, and you see it is moving faster than usual, or you see lower part of the chest is going in, you realize something is wrong. This is a baby you need to rush to the hospital. Or this baby you start hearing more noises when the baby is breathing. There is what we call a strider, there is what we call a wheeze. Because this infection was in the upper, it can very easily move downwards. And when it moves downwards, it becomes more severe. So when you start seeing those kind of things like some sounds, breathing faster, not feeding, some can even converse because of the very high fevers, then you know this is the time to go to the hospital. But I would say, don't have a sick baby and sit down saying, I'm waiting for the danger signs to come to go to the hospital. When your baby is unwell, it's very important to have that baby checked as soon as possible. You have spoken about hypoglycemia. Could you explain a bit about that? Hypoglycemia is when the blood sugar goes down lower than the normal. Like in children, we say anything below 2.5 millimoles per liter is low. But that is the lowest which we are going to intervene. Maybe give you now the dextrose intravenously. But from the symptoms we'll see from your baby, you can even start telling that sugars are coming down even from an earlier stage. How will you be able to tell as a mother? As a mother, you will know first of all, this baby has not fed for the last four hours. Then you realize baby is not playing, looks drowsy, just wants to sleep. Or some, they are just very irritable. Then you know their sugars have started to come down. So you need to intervene as soon as possible. And the best intervention is to feed. So whenever you realize baby has not fed for a while and they look, they are maybe they want to feed, they are fussy, they are crying, and then all of a sudden they start getting drowsy, they want to sleep, that baby needs to be fed. That's the first thing you need to do before you go to the hospital. Most mothers out there will do self-medication. They say, my baby has a common cold, so they go to the chemist, they get some drug over the counter. What are the dangers of self-medication? The problem with self-medication is sometimes you don't even know what you are treating. Because you need to have a diagnosis, then you can know what you are treating. So what we are giving out there, you will find a patient as just a common cold. So mostly they have just a cough, uh, maybe runny nose, and then they have a fever. And we remember we said common cold is a viral infection. So the person who is going to give you this medication is just selling drugs. Most of the time they don't know how to make that diagnosis. So you'll be given drugs which may be harmful to the baby or not even helpful in the first place. So the problem some are given antibiotics, like you'll find some are given amoxil and the like. Amoxil is an antibiotic. It's supposed to treat a bacterial infection. It will not treat a viral infection. 
and the danger of getting antibiotics which are not warranted is they are going to increase what you are calling antibiotic resistance. That means one day you will be needing that antibiotic and it will not work. And that is very dangerous. Number two, they are given cough syrups. These cough syrups, they have decongestants, they have so many things in them. And these drugs, these decongestants have been shown to be harmful to children. You will find you give the baby that decongestant, baby just sleeps. And some have slept and just died, just like that. Because some, not because the drug has killed them, but they have not fed, they are just drooze, and you try to feed this baby, they cannot feed. So they just sleep and the sugars come down and you lose that baby that too. Mm. So we say the babies, they don't need cough syrups, they don't need antibiotics for common cold. What do these patients need? Basically, if your child is having a common cold, first of all, you need to control the fever. So first, undress, reduce the clothes they are having. You can do some sponging to try and reduce also the fever. And then you can give paracetamol for the fever. Then for the nose, the congestion, or even for the cough, that one should go on its own because it's a viral infection. It takes around a week. But you can give something to soothe. Like there you can do honey with some ginger. It's very soothing and it helps the baby feel better and even it improves with the appetite. Then you try to give baby many frequent feeds, which are mostly fluids, like porridge, milk, some juice, like that. Because they will not be able to eat the solids the way you want them to eat. So you just do small frequent meals, so I can make sure the sugars remain okay. Are you trying to tell me that we don't have a particular medicine that is given to help cure the common cold? You know, it's a viral infection. There is no treatment for a viral infection per se to tell you I'll give you this one and I'm treating the viral infection. No. We just manage the symptoms and the body will be able to fight the infection. And most of them within a week, we find they are okay. What happens if it doesn't go away after a week? If it doesn't go away after a week, you may not we need to be seen because sometimes it may not just be a common cold. There are some patients who find they have allergic rhinitis, but the mother believes this child has a common cold. And what is the difference with allergic rhinitis? They may be feeling itchy on their nose, they will have the mucus coming out, the runny nose, and uh, some may cough, some may not cough, most of the time they don't cough, and they don't have fever. But the nose is running all the time. That's now a different diagnosis. So that's not a normal common cold. And that one can be given medication for it. But if it's purely a common cold which is viral, you just manage these symptoms and the baby will feel better. When uh, the child has blocked nose, we have blocked nose in common cold. Yes. So when the child has a blocked nose and the mother tries to, you know, remove mechanically by pulling. Sometimes I used to see mothers pulling the, the mucus from the from the nose. Is that recommended? Or And uh, do you have anything that you can help the child to breathe normally, especially at night when they are sleeping? You see what happens, there's a lot of mucus on the nose. So of course the baby is not able to breathe properly because of that. So you can try. Of course the bigger children will blow their nose and they are okay. The smaller ones, especially the less than one year, they get very uncomfortable because they don't know how to breathe with their mouth. So what we advocate for, they usually have some droppers you can use to, to pull the nose. Nowadays, you don't have to pull literally yourself. Mm. You can pull. And then it usually comes, we usually call them nomosaline drops. You just put them and they help to make sure the mucus is very thin so that it can always come out and then it keeps the nose clear so the baby is able to breathe comfortably. There are some medications you can be given which usually just sprinkle on the beddings. They, they just help to just open up the nose, basically. But you see, you are not taking them. They are just to open the, the nose, basically. Mm -hmm. So those ones you can be given. But when you realize we are just managing the symptoms, we are not managing the, 
the virus mm-hmm. basically just to help the baby feel better so because it is a viral infection it means it, it is bound to come up again yes the infection can come again and again because today i'll have it will disappear tomorrow i get in contact with someone who has it i can still get it again and again but the way to prevent it is fast and washing very key make sure you wash your hands so that you don't touch service then touch your mouth or your nose with the same just the way we are doing for covid and washing is very important that it has even helped now with covid even for the other infections so and washing of course children when they are in school the crowding becomes a problem because they will crowd so if there is one person who has it is very easy to spread to the others the other thing you can do most of the time is you say good nutrition helps because it helps them fight the infection number 3 there are vaccines which can be given to prevent the infections but remember we say the viruses are very many so the flu vaccine only prevents the flu which is being caused by influenza viruses so it actually minimizes the infections markedly and even if they get the infection you find it's milder so i'll advocate if you have a child who is under 5 years and you have to give the flu vaccine is actually helpful. When we are talking about the flu vaccine, I'm sure people are wondering where can I get this? Is it recommended for which particular age? And probably now we can talk about also COVID. Is this flu vaccine related to COVID and how is it uh, we've had stories that uh, it's helping the children prevent themselves against COVID-19. So the flu vaccine basically is a influenza virus a vaccine and the influenza viruses are actually many and what happens the scientists they look at which influenza has been going around and then they go make a vaccine against it so they actually a new vaccine every year what happens is you realize corona covid is corona those corona viruses they are part of those viruses which cause flu it's just that it's a specific new one which just came the other day so it may be very possible there is some protection that they are getting from the the flu vaccine is such a study which has been done recently and said maybe because these children have been getting this flu vaccines that maybe that's why the children seem to be getting protected against the covid but it's no it's just one study so we cannot say it with a lot of you know saying this is the way to go but it just shows that it's kind of protecting this these children uh, of course you know now we are not giving covid vaccines to children yet because it has not been tested in children and again children have been shown not to be getting a very severe form of covid mm-hmm. yeah so you spoke about something very interesting that uh, one way of managing a common cold is by ensuring that you give uh, natural remedies like honey like ginger mm-hmm. you know you boil some water make it cool then you give the child mm-hmm. but then apparently most mothers believe that it's only the medicine that is given from the hospital that can help this child what are you going to tell these mothers I just need to tell them we just need to empower to empower you as a mother because I say a mother is the first doctor at home. What you do at home makes a lot of difference. Even before you go to the hospital, that ginger, that honey has very good immunoprotective factors which will help soothe this baby and also fight this infection. So that honey it's very good and it's very soothing. And it's not just that it has been proven medically that it helps. So it's not always the medications which have to make to make a difference. Anything else I might have left doctor? Uh, I just need to emphasize that uh, good nutrition, breastfeeding, it's what helps these children. A child who is breastfed 
is more empowered to fight an infection than the one who has not been breastfed. So when you do good breastfeeding, at least exclusive for the first six months, then you introduce good balanced diet as a complementary feeding. You'll realize these infections are not becoming as frequent to your baby as you can see in others. Thank you very much, Daktari, for that uh, very insightful information that you have shared with us. I'm sure so many mothers have learned, and of course we know nowadays it's not just about the mothers, even the fathers are involved in taking care of their children. So be sure to join us next time on our next episode of A to Z of Disease Podcast with me, Rose Mokonyo. The A to Z of Disease Podcast. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash Boost by Tax Day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.